my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author. I started this show to share life lessons and hot mess moments along with a few shenanigans to let you know you're not alone in this roller coaster of life. Each week, you'll get a solo episode or an interview to help you improve your self-confidence, create healthy relationships, or become a better parent. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe and I'll automatically show up in your downloads each and every week. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, podcast fam. This episode is brought to you by Positive Vibe Coffee Co. Get freshly roasted premium coffee delivered right to your door. The beans are stuffed in the bags, still warm. It is that fresh. There are organic options, blends, and even flavored seasonals. The best part about it is every time you open the cupboard, you'll see your bag with names like I am empowered, I am worthy, I am awesome. So you're going to get that positive vibe first thing in the morning before you're even totally awake. Make sure when you check out, use the code PODCAST to get 15% off your first order. The website for that is www.positivevibecoffeeco.com. And again, enter the code PODCAST to get 15% off your first order. And with that, let's get on with this week's episode. I am so excited to bring to you my guest today. His name is Zach Rutledge, and he's a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition specialist, and certified brain health trainer through the Functional Aging Institute. He has a black belt in karate, and I'm still trying to figure out how in the world that didn't come up in our conversation because that is normally something I would love to talk about, so I totally missed it. But what we did talk about is that he's also a yoga instructor. You guys know I'm a yogi, so you know that that came up in this conversation. What was really cool about our conversation is we talked about a topic that is really hitting home and hitting everybody right now, and that is the topic of depression and our mental health. He wrote a book called The Official Depression Relief Playbook. Like This is really cool, and I was so excited to have him on my show. I'm so glad he said yes. Thank you, Zach, for saying yes to this, and I think you guys are going to love him. I really was like, I could hang out with him. He's just one of those people that would just be so fun to just sit and have coffee with or go on a walk with. He's one of us. He could totally hang. So without any more, I'm going to jump right into this conversation. All right, Zach, thank you so much for being on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I am so excited that you're here. And let's just kind of jump in, let my audience, let the listeners know who you are and how you got here. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's like, it's a real honor, seriously. So I appreciate your time having me on. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so... Uh, asking someone who they are is kind of a tough way. <laughs> I know, right? Tell us what you like to do. We'll start there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll go with that. So yeah, so um, well, I'm a personal trainer. Um, so I love working out and I'm a musician and a filmmaker and all that. Um, but uh, I'm recently um, certified as a yoga teacher. Um, I'm big into brain health. I'm actually a certified um, uh, brain health coach. So, which is kind of unique and maybe we'll get into that. Um, and my, my big thing recently is I'm, I'm going back to school to become a a therapist, like a a psychotherapist. Nice. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I feel like now more than ever, we need everything that you just listed, you know, like it seems as if there are so many people right now who really are struggling with their mental health and don't know where to turn it's like, is this a new me? Is this a new norm? Do I just need to weather out all of the crazy chaos that's going on? Like, what do you suggest for people in this moment? So at the time we're recording this, we're about what, 19 months into, into this whole pandemic. Um, and I'm going through this, you know, with everyone else, right? So like, I don't think anyone has this completely figured out. Uh, what I, I can recommend is, First off, dial in just like your own home base, which is what, kind of what I call your body, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where we're living at all times. So I, when I have clients, let's say when I've, um, um, I'm, I'm a fitness nutrition specialist too. I didn't mention that. But a lot of the time when I'm working with those clients, uh, they're not talking about nutrition, right? They're talking about some other deeper things. And a lot of the time we we just try to get their body in order as far as like, 
simple things like getting an allergy test, right? And I know we're not quite talking about getting through difficult things like a pandemic, but if you hang with me, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll hear what I'm getting at. Because a, a lot of the time there are underlying things that we brought into this, right? So things like uh, inflammation in our gut. So if we can sort out some of those things, which I, I do get into in my book, um, we sort out things like inflammation or just intolerances, and we just kind of build our physical structure as best as we can, it actually clears our mind a little bit better. Uh, there, I, I'm a firm believer in, in the mind-body connection um, and things like, uh, believe it or not, and some people don't believe this, but it's actually true, you actually create 90 to 95% of your serotonin in your gut, not in your brain. What? Right. So, I've never heard that. That's insane. Right, right. So that's why I always start with the physical, okay? Yeah. So if we're going into something difficult like like this, this past year and a half, uh, with an already kind of out of whack system, it's only going to make things more difficult. So if we can, if we can sort that out first, and then we take it from there. And another thing I love to tell people is, as things get a little more difficult, and I and I, I know I'm speaking in generalities, but everyone's dealing with this in their own way, and everyone's in a completely different situation, you know, as pertains to their own life. But as things get more difficult, just try to be mindful to break things down into, into micro goals. Mm. Um, so. Uh, I'll give you a very specific example. I'm actually planning a wedding right now. I'm getting married in a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big goal, that's big a task. Big goal. And it's a big <laughs> task. And, and there's been a lot of, um, or a fair amount of infighting in the family because we're asking people to do certain things and, you know, as far as uh, being careful with the pandemic. And it's been pretty difficult. And that's, it's very easy to kind of spin out and get out of control. Mm-hmm. And, um, spin out, I'm sorry, not get out of control, but feel like you're out of control or feel like this whole thing's out of control. But, um, and I hope, hopefully this um, example can carry over to whatever anyone else is dealing with. I can't book an entire wedding in one day. I can't do it all at once, right? So right. I've got to break it down to one thing. So when I find myself getting overwhelmed, you know, I'll go back to my checklist. I'll say, okay, silverware. <laughs> 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 Let's just take care of the silverware. And that's the only thing I'm going to worry about is this silverware, right? Mm-hmm. Check it off, cross it out, move on to the next thing. So breaking things down into micro goals is another helpful thing as far mm-hmm. as um, dealing with these difficult times. I'm going to give you one more real quick. And I'm sorry, I'm a talker, but I'm going to. No, you are good. Keep one, going. One more. <laughs> um, and I know you're, you're a big fan and this will play into it, um, is getting people into yoga uh, try a yoga class. It doesn't have to be yoga, but I love yoga um, because you're going to get the physical, the mental, the um, emotional, you're learning things, you're having fun, but also getting to my point, you have that social aspect, mm-hmm. right? So you, it's very easy these days to, you know, block out everything except for social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we're going to spend time by ourselves, I would, I would much more prefer that we were reading a book as opposed to getting online and getting that sugar rush of whatever people are spouting, whatever they're feeling moody mm-hmm. or, or, you know, maybe even just showing off those kind of things. We don't, social media is almost like a, um, somebody worded it. So it's almost like a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just dumpster it's, fire. It's just a ton <laughs> of just everything. And, you know, you can find some good stuff in a dumpster. But a lot of it's just kind of rummaging through. So if you think about it, maybe like that. So, um, but having some real connections, if you're, if you're lucky enough to be in a safe place, if you can do that in person, have some real um, connection through something like yoga or even like um, things like, a, a, <laughs> I'll give you a great example. Do you know what pickleball is? No. Okay. So we have we have this pickleball court we just moved across the street from pickleball is a cross between tennis and ping pong and i love it because it's so great for brain health it's actually really taking off especially in the senior centers oh yeah Um, but it's outdoors and that's a really great thing to get involved with as well so anything where you're just kind of around people and a lot of the stuff i'm talking about now seems kind of like well duh but sometimes it's we got to just kind of sink back to those basics and be like, hey, I need to be around people. I need to be feeding my mind these positive things as opposed to 
rummaging around in the dumpster of social media. I need to be taking care of my body. Really dial in those basics. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just going to make your, your journey through this a little bit easier. Well, I love that you say that because, you know, some of what we hear a lot of the gurus talk about, you know, you are like the most, the five people that you spend the most time with, you know, you kind of like bring in each other's energy and whatnot. And I remember when I was trying to connect and trying to kind of broaden my group. And I was like, where do I find these people then? You know, like where, and especially now that we're in, you know, different times, it's like, how do you find other people that are like-minded? And yoga was so awesome to me because I think, I think it's the, you know, you've been to yoga, you had this great class, you had some meditation, everybody's kind of feeling good. And so you get to meet people in that state. And it's so fun to build those connections because you just come out like, oh my gosh, I love people. Everyone's amazing. And look at these connections I just made. And the one thing I have loved about drama or about yoga is there's no drama. You know, it's like people drop it at the door. It doesn't come in on the mat with you. And so, yes, I love, love, love what you said about yoga. Is there a certain type of yoga that you recommend for people? Well, I like like the the more physical aspects. So, I mean, if you're into kundalini, which is more of the breath work, that's cool too. Uh, but I like more of the just anything that's moving your body. I should note that a lot of men still carry around it, that, or they have this this um, preconceived notion that yoga is like girly. And even the the studio, I'm a yoga instructor, and the studio I work at is pretty girly. But <laughs> but it's so beneficial to the to me and the other guys I have come in, you know, I have a dude who's a, a, a really big golfer and every other time he's telling me how it's really improved his golf game. Right. Guys who are construction workers, believe it or not, mm-hmm. they're, telling me they're, they're pain free now at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just, you know, yoga pants and, and <laughs> smelling good and everything you think of when you think of a, a yoga studio, there's some, some real physiological benefits for, um, injury prevention and um, just all kinds of really great things. I know I don't need to tell you, but if there are any guys out there. uh, Well, but I love this conversation because guys are not, um, you know, I still run across a lot of women who haven't been to a yoga class, who've never tried yoga. And so even just having this conversation, kind of taking away the mystery of the classes themselves and and then the benefit that they can do, because there's also a huge benefit to your mental health with it. Absolutely. Uh, a big part of it too, of course, with yoga is um, the breath work, <clears throat> excuse me, the breath work and calming the mind. I typically, when I tell people about my yoga classes, I don't start with those. I typically just get into the physical stuff again, right? Like checking in with that home base because it's easier to wrap your head around. But it's interesting because when people get, finally get into that yoga class, they start realizing, oh, my breathing is all messed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my thoughts are really running wild a lot of the time. Um, and I should note here as well, um, there, there's a pose for people who don't know, there's a pose at the end called Shavasana, which is basically you're laying flat, flat on your back and you're, you're uh, trying, quote unquote, to clear your mind. And a lot of the time people say that's the hardest part for them. Uh, I actually know someone who gets up and leaves, which is terrible, right? Um, right? Because you know, you're you're a yogi. Um, Because people say, oh, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, Well, nobody could when they started. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Everyone's mind wanders. But the act of this meditation um, or at the very least, this this concentration practice that's kind of an on-ramp to meditation through this through these uh, breathing exercises, the act of pulling the thoughts back, that's the practice. Mm. So your mind will wander, but mm-hmm. then you pull it back. Then it wanders, and then you pull it back. That's the practice. Eventually, it'll be um, less frequent, um, but don't get frustrated because it's kind of like you, you can't go um, – all of a sudden be a big wave surfer, right? You got to start on the smaller waves. You got to start by boogie boarding and learning how the water works. It's the same thing like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just guys, just don't get frustrated. If your mind wanders at the end, that's that's totally normal and expected. Yeah. 
I feel like, see, I feel like I need to defend yoga. I know, right? <laughs> well, and even after, like, you know, I've been doing it for a little while and I have gotten very comfortable with that relaxation and that pose, but it just depends on the day. You know, some days I'm really good at letting those thoughts relax and other days, Absolutely, not so much. Absolutely, because there are mm-hmm. a lot of variables, right? It could be mm-hmm. how you slept the night before, what you've been eating. It could be the people you're interacting with. Yeah, tons of variables and that's life, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about the physical aspects and how that really helps kind of support us to be able to improve our mental health, specifically the the movement type. But what about nutrition? Since you do so much with nutrition as well, is there something we could be doing there to support our mental health also? Yeah, of course. So as now I, I should um, preface this with um, everyone's uh, body is a little different. And I know that sounds lazy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so everybody's needs are a little bit different. And, I, and I'm almost embarrassed saying it, but it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always recommend people get the allergy test first, right? And you see where maybe your, your inflammation is coming from because everyone's allergic to different things or, or just intolerances, not even allergies. Um, and, and I told you about the, the inflammation in, in the, the gut. Mm-hmm. One thing a lot of people don't know, and I, I told you about their serotonin, but um, there are people out there who actually prescribe, or doctors who prescribe probiotics for depression. That's how important your gut health is. Okay. Um, so I've heard all about probiotics, but I have never heard about them being helpful for depression. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's part of it. It's not all of it. Right. But I do think it's part of the battle it is, and, and that just goes to show you if, if they're prescribing probiotics, your, your gut health is so important. Um, the way I tend to look at things is because there are so many different sources. What I like to do is take some, some of the respected sources and the respected studies and then kind of average them out because you'll see one study that says eggs are bad. You'll see another study that says eggs are good. But if you take the respected sources and just kind of average it out, right? So if you have eight out of 10 are saying they're good, that's kind of how I, how I um, collect my data. Mm, okay, because okay. If, you, if there are people out there, believe it or not, who say sugar is good for you. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they probably own some kind of company, like who's paying you to say that? <laughs> right, right. So, so take everything you read with a grain of salt and, and read you know, a wide, a, a, a cast a wide net when, when you're, when you're collecting this data. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's another theory out there not just with the gut, but with your brain, there's another theory out there that some depression is caused by, uh, inflammation in the brain. Mm. So that's another reason we want to get down. Um, we want to nail down those foods that aren't really great for us, but also getting our, our healthier foods that we know are good for us, those fruits and vegetables to keep the inflammation down, keep our hydration up. Um, one thing I'm a big fan of is actually turmeric. And I don't know um, how many people are familiar with turmeric. It's kind of like a, a ginger root, but it's more orange. Oh, okay. Um, and people in, in, um, in India like to eat it. But here we have it now. Well, we can eat it, but we also have it in pill form. But the pill form is great. The supplement form is great because taking one supplement is the equivalent of eating like a thousand turmeric roots because what oh. we want is the uh, the curcuminoids. Okay. So uh, I'm a huge fan of that to get the inflammation down in the brain or anywhere in your body, even if you're dealing with just chronic pain. Turmeric's great. The thing is, though, you're going to want to get it with a little bit of black pepper in it. Um, what that does is it increases the bioavailability of it. About 50% of the the turmeric you buy on uh, anywhere has the black pepper in it because they keep this in mind and and they do that for us. Uh, Otherwise just take it with dinner and throw some pepper on your dinner and you'll be fine. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't, you're just not going to be absorbing as much of it. It's just going to pass through your system and it's not going to be as great, but I'm, but I'm a big fan of the turmeric. Since we're kind of talking about that supplements in general, because I do feel like a lot of times it is so hard to get all of our nutrition from the actual food because we need so much more than we can actually eat or yeah. get. A, so, 
you know, are there supplements that you recommend that are helpful? Well, I'm here in the Northeast. I'm from New Jersey. And we tend to be chronically low in vitamin D. And there is, there's a, I'll say there's a correlation, not necessarily a causation, but there is a correlation between depression and low vitamin D. Okay. Um, so even if we're not talking about depression, if we're just talking about physical health, right? You're going to, I was so low in depression. I'm sorry, so low in vitamin D. They actually, I was actually prescribed, um, they called them D bombs. That's what my, that's what my doctor <laughs> called them. He took them once a, once a week. They were blue, which was weird. And um, I was so low. I was actually cre- um, developing these small cracks in my neck. They were microscopic. Wow. They were really small, but I was so low on vitamin D. And she told me that it was some, it was some astronomical number. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put a percentage to it, but it was way more than I had imagined. Of people in the Northeast were were really low on vitamin D. I can't imagine it's much different everywhere in the in, in the northern hemisphere. Um, I'm sorry, the, the northern half of the U.S. But um, vitamin D, like I said, there's a correlation between depression low vitamin D. So you probably want to get that tested out, right? Get all of your blood tests sorted out. Um, another one too is, uh, omega threes mm-hmm. real easy to miss. Um, real easy to make up for. And it doesn't, if you're kind of grossed out by fish oil, that's okay. You don't have to do fish oil anymore. There's flaxseed oil, which is actually a really good source of, of, uh, of omega threes. Again, really great for brain health. Um, and another one, uh, that tends to fly under our radar is just a simple B complex. Now I call it the super B complex because it has B12 in it. You can only get B12 from animal sources. So not necessarily meat, things like, like eggs, right? So if you don't eat eggs, um, I know, I know quite a few vegans around here. So they're, they're chronically low on vitamin B. Um, it also helps with nerve pain. So you get your vitamin B up too. And if, and there's no overdoing vitamin B because it's water soluble. So, Oh well, if you if if it passes through you, okay, no big loss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't want to be. It's another one we kind of don't want to be low on. Absolutely affects our mood as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. And you know, earlier you mentioned chronic pain, and just as we've talked, we've talked about different supplements to help with that, even nutrition that can help with that, movement like yoga. You know, I think we forget how much depression comes from being in pain, even a little bit even a short term can really affect our mental health. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, so I was dealing with a chronic pain issue um, for, I would say about eight years. And that's uh, a long time. It was a long time. It was a long time. One of the silver linings that came from it though, was learning to come at things from every angle and that's one of the ways I like to deal with depression um, is I, I call it the D-Day approach. So um, there were doctors who just flat out gave me bad advice. And there were doctors who kind of just said, well, there's nothing you can do. So I learned persistence as well. I actually went to six or seven different doctors and I combined things like, uh, well, I, I was on pain medication for a little while and I'm glad I stopped that. But things like... Uh, Going to this, I, I happen to stumble across this really great chiropractor. I know people are, are tends to be a polarizing uh, mm-hmm. conversation, but this one chiropractor I have is brilliant and really helped me out. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you're dealing with with chronic pain issues, I, I just you know implore people just don't give up uh, and come at it from different angles. Come at it from you know dialing in diet or dialing in do, using whatever you can, whether it's uh, um, trigger point injections or acupuncture come at it with everything uh, and just don't give up because I I know how debilitating it can be. Yeah. No, I love that because I think that, um, you know, I know I have like two sides of me. Well, I have a lot actually. (laughs) I got a lot of different personalities, I think. (laughs) No, but I have one side of me that wants to tiptoe into all of these things. Like I want to just try a little bit of yoga and then I just want to tiptoe a little bit with some movement and, and then some, nutrition and some supplements and, you know, all these different things that we're talking about. But when we're kind of in that place where we're having a crisis, whether it's mental health or physical health or 
I actually think they're all connected. I love how you called it like you come at things from every angle because it's like we need a mass attack. Like let's do some of all of it and really help ourselves get well. And instead of taking forever to get well, we can do it hopefully more quickly that way. Yeah. And it does depend on personality. I, I know somebody who was dealing with some pretty serious issues and uh, it, w- mental health, we know, tends to manifest in strange ways. And I had a friend who his car was a mess. <laughs> his car was an absolute mess filled with garbage. Uh, and I'm sure we've all seen those cars in a parking lot somewhere. It's like, well, how can a person live like this? Why do they mm-hmm. have all this stuff in there? And he said it, it would physically cause him pain to clean his car. So we were, I was in grad school and we were in, in the, uh, in the cafeteria. I said, let's go clean out your car, man. He's like, oh, you don't understand. I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And you could see the, the fear in his eyes. So there was some kind of mental block. I wasn't going to get into it. And I said, well, tell you what, how about every time you get out of the car, just grab one piece of trash and throw it away. Can you do that for me? And so for him, that was a lot more manageable. So maybe, um, like a lot of my, like a lot of my uh, nutrition clients, I'll tell them, you know, how about we just cut out the soda this week? Mm-hmm. So for some people, uh, it's those micro goals like we talked about earlier, and and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we do what we can kind of call the compound effect, so that if once we start stacking these habits, it's that two plus two equals five deal, because if we combine the body movement and then the great diet and then the mindfulness and things like that we're going to start really making some progress. And even if it's not huge in every area, if it's, you know, add some vegetables to your diet, you know, and as, you know, and then in addition to your, maybe you're more, I know for me, it was easier to start with movement. So I started exercising, got going there, and then I would just do one little thing with food, you know, one little tweak with food and just kind of slowly building on that. Yeah. So if you were to create like a plan, is there some kind of physical activity plan for people who are just kind of starting out? It depends. <laughs> See? I know. I, I hear so, you. <laughs> I feel so bad saying it depends. It sounds so lazy, but it's true. I, I, I work with a lot of a lot of different clients and they all have their different preferences and different bodies, different injuries, that kind of thing. And of course, my first go-to is yoga because it feels like the full you're getting everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so if we're if we're talking about purely mental health, I, I do try to feel out whether they're more comfortable working with other people or if they're more of a of a uh, lone wolf. <laughs> now you can't do this journey. If, let's say you're fighting back from depression. You you can't do this alone. But I do know when I was going through my deepest. Um, bouts of depression i just i wasn't in the place to be able to go to a yoga studio or work out with other people i needed to do that solo Mm -hmm. thing um so it's important that maybe maybe this is a good place where meditation um can fit because you kind of have to dial in onto your own personality and see where What's going to work best for you? You're already fighting an uphill battle. Mm. So figure out, sort out what works best for you, whether it's the, whether it's working out alone or working out in a group. Once you get it from there, then you can kind of dial in, okay, well, what's going to work well alone? For me, it was lifting weights and cycling. Those were the two that I could do on my own. I, I was still great. I put in my headphones and everything's cool. Sometimes, you know, people want to go to a, a, a spin class or they want to go to, um, What's that thing? I don't know if this is if this is big around you. The um, the rowing, um, what do they call, what do they call it? Crew? <laughs> yeah, there's all these crew teams that are popping up lately. I don't know what that's about. I live near the beach, so we have this bay here. I don't know. Maybe that's just the local thing. I don't know. But there's yeah, all I'm in the desert. Okay, 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 yeah, right. So we don't have that. Maybe I'll use a different example. My point is, <laughs> my point is, <laughs> um, there's plenty of different group exercise things going on. But dial in with yourself, and that's okay. If you're not one and you're the other, that's okay. Just get moving. Don't feel like you have to be one or the other because everyone's a little different. Mm -hmm. I know for me when I've had times where I've been down and things have felt really heavy and I'm kind of in that depressed state for me, I 
tend to withdraw and I'm normally a super extrovert people person. So if I can just do something from home to support my physical, just even walking on a treadmill, something light and mellow to just kind of help me through that moment and then be able to, and with the intention to get back into a group with people as soon as I can, just because I know that that fills me up. So it's like in the moment I need to withdraw and that's okay. I support that. And I have things I can do from home and then being able to get back out with people has been, but, but I set that as my goal. Yeah, that's great. And, and getting back to something we said earlier, it it doesn't have to be huge. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go out and run a half marathon. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Cause I don't ever want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) The the same friend I was with the car, um, he was dealing with some pretty serious obesity issues and, and, he was like, well, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to spend an hour in the gym. I said, well, then don't just walk down your block and walk back to your house and count that as a win. Just get the ball rolling. It's going to, it's going to work wonders for your, for your mental health because you'll be able to see, Oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Something I never thought I could do. I can do that. Maybe I can just add a little bit more. You're just getting that kind of that, uh, that mindset just working in the right direction. And that's, that's, and again, some people are like, well, that sounds like nothing, but for some people that feel that's a lot. Just, yeah. just, just those first steps are, are the, the most challenging. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, we talked about specifically with yoga, but I think this is more than just yoga and that is breathing. So do you have a powerful breath practice or anything that you recommend? Oh, can I share one? Yes, okay. please. So <laughs> we don't have to do this together, but I'll, I'll explain it. Have you ever heard of box breathing? Yes, I actually okay. have. So I'm gonna, but I'm gonna, yes, gonna share it. For the, yeah, for the people who haven't. So you want to do it all through your nose um, because you have this little cluster. Well, one of the reasons is you have this little cluster of nerves in the back of your nasal cavity. When the air rushes over that cluster of nerves, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. The other reason is it checks in more with that deep belly breathing or diaphragmatic breath. So we want to breathe more horizontal as opposed to up and down from the shoulders. Okay. So we just want to kind of settle in with that. And then what I like to do is close my eyes when I do it. And then you'll want to breathe in to a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four. Okay. So kind of like you're drawing a box, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. you can even visualize drawing that box if your mind starts to wander or even the number, the count, that's fine. Whatever works for you because your mind's going to wander, right? Like we were talking about before with the meditation and just bring it back, bring it back. And the, and this box breathing is really powerful on several levels, but it's almost a cross between, between a meditation and a, a concentration practice. I would say it's more of a concentration practice, but it serves as a really nice on-ramp to a meditation practice. So if, if you're just feeling a little weird about, you know, just sitting down and closing your eyes and trying to turn everything off. And if that seems like, uh, like running that half marathon, it's not going to happen. Maybe dip into this box breathing first and see how this works for you. I love it. Do it for five minutes every day. I think it's amazing. Um, and, and like I said, it gives you, it gives you something actionable to do something to focus on. Mm-hmm. So with that, do you recommend people start at five or do you have them start slowly and work their way up? Oh, uh, you know, it depends on how quickly you count. Some people, oh, yeah. Some people count one Mississippi mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, some people tend to count pretty quickly. So whatever number works for them, really the idea is just keeping it equal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the count doesn't really matter. Even if, even if you're just taking those, um, those quicker breaths, the only caveat is I, I, like I said before, we don't want the quick shallow breaths. We want them to be the nice deep breaths and those tend to be a little bit longer. So you're probably not going to be counting to two or three. Mm-hmm that is something that we can do at any point, right? I mean, we don't have to find a special space and sit in a yoga chair or a meditation chair or whatever. We don't have to, like, you can do that sitting at a desk or you're watching TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, um, I used to take, I used to teach, um, bass lessons and I would tell the kids, um, you know, you don't have to be sit down for an hour and play bass. Just bring the bass with you when you're watching TV and whatever show you're watching, when the commercials come on, practice your base and then the commercials are in go back to watching your show and that's cool and before you know it, you've got 20 minutes of practicing it same thing with that box breathing if you just want to try it during like a silly commercial break i mean 
maybe when you first start, as you progress, you're probably going to want to eliminate the, uh, any kind of as much sound as you can. Like, there's mm-hmm. always going to be some kind of sound, any kind of chatter, especially uh, maybe cut that out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something you can do. I mean, I know some people who do it in their car, believe it or not. I like to close my eyes, but some people are cool doing it in their car. So yeah, you can bring your breath anywhere, right? Well, and I'm thinking even like for parents that are listening to be able to teach that to your children because they can use it in their classroom. You know, nobody has to ask permission to breathe. And, you know, I know sometimes we feel even with someone in our home that is super supportive of us, it feels kind of weird to go in the other room and meditate, but you can sit right next to someone and do it and they don't even notice. Yeah, very true. Very true. So that can be a great, great tool for our kids. I know our kids have struggled with um, everything that's been going on too. There's been a lot of depression and anxiety. So that would be a really great tool to share with kids too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So what about mental models, mindsets? Are there anything like that that you recommend? Um, well, tell you what, before we, before I get onto my little story here, cause like I said, I'm a talker, if anybody <laughs> wants to email me and, and, um, and they want a free chapter of the book, I, I, um, they can have, have that. That's on me. That's totally cool. Uh, and I have this chapter on mindset. Oh, um, perfect. It's probably a little more eloquent than I can put it in in this podcast right now, but I will give you a pretty cool story. So have you ever heard this story of the two wolves? Mm-mm. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> it's an old Cherokee story and there's a grandfather and a grandson and the grandfather is telling the grandson that there are two wolves that live inside all of us. One's the courage wolf, which is things like love, courage, of course, um, bravery, um, uh, compassion, all of our positive emotions. And then we have the fear wolf that lives in us, which is fear, shame, guilt, anger, jealousy. And they're always at battle within all of us. And the grandson says, okay, so which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. (laughs) And that's the whole story. So, as humans, the, th- the theory is we're geared towards negativity. Our brains are geared towards negativity because when we were cavemen, it was more advantageous to watch out for the saber-toothed tiger than to be on the lookout for food because the food can wait, the saber-toothed tiger can't. So it was more on high alert looking out for dangers. Of course, our world isn't as dangerous as that anymore, so that model isn't really working for us. We have the same hardware but we can upgrade the software, which is our mind. And that story is a great place to keep in our minds. Mm-hmm. So sometimes without even thinking about it, if we're, if we're standing in line at the bank or we're really doing anything, even, even watching TV, we're like, oh, this is stupid. That's awful. Can you believe this guy? What a jerk. We tend to be on autopilot beating the fear wolf. Whenever we switch to autopilot, um, that tends to be default, not always. Um, so in a way, that's a mindfulness practice as well, is, is feeding that courage wolf, is, is finding the silver linings in things and um, finding the compa- compassion. It's a lot easier to get into an argument with somebody, especially these days, about whatever it is regarding the, the, the pandemic or political things or whatever. It's real easy to just, to just clash. That's, that's the first reaction. But if you, if you feed that, that courage wolf and you really listen, um, you'll feel better. The other person's going to feel better. And it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a practice. It's not, mm-hmm. not going to come easily. It's a challenge, but it's well worth it. Yeah. Well, and I love that example because just as you were talking, I was envisioning these two wolves and I was thinking about, you know, we all have one wolf or the other that is stronger. And it's just because we've been feeding it more, but I can see like, you know, I have one dog at home that's really timid. And so I could see him like that being my courage wolf. And I almost have to coax it out. So as we're starting this, you're, you might really have to kind of coax out that courage wolf and just feed it little bits until you can slowly get it built up, you know, and just taking that time to be patient with yourself as you kind of nurse that relationship back. 
isn't that funny, right? It's like a lot of the other things we talked about, one mm -hmm. step at a time and not getting so down on yourself because getting down on yourself is feeding that fear wolf. Mm -hmm. So it's those micro goals, building building it up brick by brick. And that's that's a big part of this book I wrote. I don't know if you're doing an intro to this podcast, but I, you know, I wrote this book called The Official Depression Relief Playbook. And a lot of it is about just building yourself up brick by brick. And that's what I had to do. Um, back, I, I gave you a pretty poor... Uh, intro i didn't really tell you about my background you know why why i wrote the book and why i moved on to this kind of work and the bulk of what i do is, is about helping people um back when i was 18 um i hit what i call the perfect storm which is where my best friend was killed this karate studio i was in for for almost 10 years had closed down so i lost that social support it was a summer after high school and all my friends were leaving for college so that was another social support system that split and and there, there tends to be this this pattern where people in their late teens, early twenties, things like OCD or anxiety or depression, things like that, tend to manifest around that age. So that all clobbered me within a two month period. Mm. So, so I know what it was like to be at the bottom and to try to figure out how to build myself back up brick by brick. So that's really why my passion lies in all this, like the personal training and the. It took me a long time to get to this point, but that that's. You know the, the the fitness nutrition and the yoga and everything that I do. The brain training is um, it's because of that, and right, and that's the silver lining. Feeding the, the courage wolf. I could I could say, man, I lost those years of my life, which in a way I did. But the, the great silver silver lining from feeding that courage wolf is, look, I learned from all those years of heartache mm -hmm. and all these things that I put myself through. Now look what I get to do and bring these lessons to all these other people. And you know, luckily, because the people like you are kind enough to have me on their podcast. I can share some of these things I learned. Do you feel then when you look back at those dark times, do you feel like, do you feel grateful? Like now can you look back at that as, you know, let's not say we want to go through it again, mm -hmm. but seeing what that, what you went through, the lessons you learned, do you have a little bit of respected gratitude for that time? Um, yes. Uh, it didn't have to be as long, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. uh, and I did make some stupid choices, but the big thing is, you know, practicing forgiveness for yourself. And, mm -hmm. um, and I see it more like a mixed bag. Uh, cause I, I know a lot of people say they're really thankful for some awful tragedy, tragedy that happened to them. You know, it's, for me, I kind of see, I see the, the yin along with the yang now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, but because of my practices now, I can feed that courage off and I can take those positives. I can recognize the positives that maybe I couldn't recognize at that time. Mm -hmm. I really love that. That's very authentic. And I think, I think sometimes we forget, we get so used to the positive piece and the lessons we learned and how grateful we are that it's, Sometimes we forget that it's okay to also say, yeah, that was still some crap <laughs> that yeah. I went through, you know, yeah. to be able to say it's a mix. It, yeah, it, it, it was. Um, but yeah, there, but there, you know, it, it, it's the, but it's, mm -hmm. but there was that, all this stuff I can take from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's a mix oh, I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Tell us about your book. So it's called the official depression relief book playbook. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to plug it earlier. No, like, you're good. <laughs> you're, no, I want to plug it. Like that's. Let's get it. I want people to read this. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's called. It's on Amazon, um, and I really wrote it as I. I wrote it as the kind of thing I want. This sounds silly. Hang with me here. I want it as the kind of thing that's going to sit on somebody's bedstand that they can read over and over again. That's going to provide them some kind of hope. So when they're going to bed, I know what this is like at the darkest times when you're going to bed and you have no hope. I want this book to be next to their, on their, on their nightstand. I want them to be like, man, there are some ideas in this book that are going to get me through this. And I have something to look forward to. That's the kind of book I want. And I want it to be the kind of book people study. I made it short uh, on purpose. I made every sentence in there is in there for a purpose. I, there, there's nothing superfluous in this book. Um, and I made it very actionable. And I go through some physical things and, and um, uh, some um, nutrition things and mindset things and all kinds of stuff. But I wanted it to be something people uh, can use, not just read and 
store away in their minds. I want it to be something people can be like, oh yeah, I can, I can do this tomorrow and I can do this the next day and I can do this next day. Cause I, I want, I want them to have a, a, like a very tangible feeling of going from a zero or a one and kicking it up to a four or five or a six or a seven and going through these steps because I'm a firm believer. And if, if we can combine these things, if we combine all these things that we've been talking about and, and more and more things we've learned, we learned throughout our lives, that's kind of where the magic is. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe in a silver bullet. Um, I, I know people who said, oh, well, exercise was everything for me, and then I, and then I conquered depression. Eh, well, it's part of it, but I don't think it's all of it. I know people who said, oh, I, I took these supplements, or I did this or that. I, I feel like everything is a part of it, but nothing is all of it. So, so I, I, um, I feel like that's kind of the, 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 the strong part of my book. And also, I lived it. There are a lot of books that come at it kind of from an academic standpoint or an inspirational you know, almost Pollyanna, rah, rah, we got this. Mm-hmm. Um, my book's not really like that. <laughs> Mine's more just like, yeah, well, uh, you're going to have to do the work. It's going to take work. And um, um, I like to think that it's it's kind of the, the oh, man, and it, I'm not like tooting my own horn, but it feels genuine. Like that's that was really, I wanted to be like, look, this is what it's like, and this is what you're going to have to do. Well, I like that because so many times when we read a book that's inspirational or or even it's got a, you know, even it's a tool, it's giving us tools and we do them once and then we're like, but I'm not fixed. Mm -hmm. Like I did that tool. Why, why is this still a problem for me or whatever? And it's, I love what you said about having that there on your bedside because it's looking at it every single day. It's trying that tool again tomorrow and keep doing it, you know, keep on keeping on. And that's where you have that longer lasting change is those little things each day. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it it takes work. I had a really nice, I think one of the nicest compliments I had is some lady said to me, she's like, Oh, this book is really good for like anybody, not just people with depression. I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Very nice. (laughs) You're like, would would you write me a review please? Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to hear? I did talk a little bit about forgiveness and forgiving yourself. I do feel like we need to practice forgiveness with other people when we have depression because uh, people will say stupid things to you. Mm. God knows I had them say, say some stupid things to me, but they don't understand because they can't understand. Mm-hmm. Even if they have their own depression, they can't understand what's uniquely yours. Um, so it's it would have been a, a big load off my shoulders. I was carrying around a lot of weight that wasn't mine because of things people said. Um, so it's important to practice that forgiveness and get that weight off your shoulders. And I could go on and on. I mean, I, I, I do go into my experiences with medication and I, I, and I go into my experiences with, um, you know, relationships and things like that and, and, and how depression affected that. Um, and the stigma is, not as much there as it was, but you know, even if you do feel like there's a huge stigma and you can't talk about it, shoot me an email. I'm happy to, I'm happy to chat with anybody, yeah. you know? Um, but it's not the kind of thing I went through it alone and I, and I don't want anyone to have to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shoot me an email. I'm, I'm cool. I'm around. That's <laughs> awesome. What is your email? If they want to reach out to you, what is that? Yeah, it, it, I'll spell it after I say it. It's Zach S. Rutledge at gmail.com, but I spell it Z-A-C-K-S-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E at gmail.com. Okay, and I'll have that in the show notes too, so people can Great. click on that if they want. And at the very least, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll send them that chapter and see if it's their cup of tea or not. I think that's one, you know, just that very last statement even that you just said, to me, that is one of the best things that you can do for your mind and your body is try something on, mm-hmm. see if it's your cup of tea. Yeah. You know, so many times we're just like, Oh no, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. But that might be that final little piece that starts this whole thing rolling for you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's different. And it's kind of like the theme of this conversation. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like a real downer when I was depressed and people were trying to get me out to these clubs. And I talk about this in the book, people were trying to get to get me out to like these top 40 clubs 
where they were playing like pop music and I was just miserable the whole time. Well, it turns out I just don't like that kind of music like, and that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to, that's, and, and that's okay. That's why I should be yeah. really emphasizing. That's okay. That that doesn't fit me. I'm a punk rocker and that's just how I am. And that's what I want to, that's where I want to be. So don't feel like you have to force yourself into someone else's shoes. Um, take these tools and find your own path and, and you will find it. You will find it, but it takes work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I is, love it. It's not going to be easy. It takes work, but it's, but it's gratifying work. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think I, one of the things I love about that is it's work that only you can do. Yes. And while on one hand it feels so, it feels like we want someone else to do it for us, but yet when we do it for ourselves, the self-worth and confidence that that builds within us is you can't get that anywhere else. That's why you have to do it. You have to do it. I mean, you don't have to do it alone, but you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. This has been such a great conversation. I have absolutely loved it. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Seriously. Awesome. Wasn't that a great conversation? He has brought such a gift to all of us. I'm so excited to get this book into your hands and mainly because not only do I know that you're going to use it to benefit your own life, but also to benefit the lives of others and the people that you love. So again, to get his chapter, his free chapter on mindset, just shoot him an email, zachsrutledge at gmail.com. And his book is on Amazon and it's called the official depression relief playbook. So make sure you check that out and tag him on social media, put it out there, let people know about it. So really help us spread the word. It's such a great message. And on that note, I will be back in your downloads soon.